0: Björn Rutholm pratar vi på engelska
1: How do you build a company where the people can can feel and live and be 100% of themselves like their best most well-being healthy version of themselves I sound like a complete idiot Pain is some serious business It ain't everyone who knows what to do about it Now I hear there's a podcast just about this. It doesn't talk of pain alone, but other interesting things distracting the mind from it. So I suggest you tune in to Outsmart the Pain and listen to what Carsten has to say about it. Get ahead. Get it done. Listen to the podcast and maybe change your life or someone else's.
0: Today, I have the honor to talk to Björn. That's a very Swedish name, I think Bjorn. Very warmly welcome to this episode of Outsmart the Pain.
1: Thank you very much. Great to finally be able to find some time to join you on this podcast. Since
0: neither you or I know what to talk about. That's the story about every episode. I have some slight idea what we will be heading at, but I'll just start by, tell us who you are.
1: My name is Björn Ruttholm and I'm the founder and CEO of a tech company called Pixelpapa. Pixel daddy. Pixel daddy, if you, yeah, it doesn't translate that well. It sounds a bit weird. Aside from that, I'm married, I have three kids, a dog and a cat, I live in Boston. In Sweden. I left Stockholm five or six years ago and eventually found my way to Bosta, where my wife grew up. It's said to be the Swedish Riviera. It's really beautiful and amazing place to live for like two months of the year, and the rest of the time it's really quiet.
0: <laughs> so did you regret that you moved from Stockholm or are you satisfied or do you think of it as a part of your life right now with small children that you will live there but maybe move back to the
1: capital later on? I don't think that we will move back to the capital. Uh, never see so never, obviously. But this life is right now. We really enjoy having a more quiet life.
0: Do you come from Stockholm originally?
1: I'm originally from uh, the Swedish uh, east coast uh, from a town called Kalmar. Uh, Everyone transitions through Kalmar on their way to Öland.
0: All right. Öland is a very famous place for uh, Swedish tourists. It has a long bridge. (laughs) I was actually born on Öland, but I didn't have much more than getting born and then move away. (laughs) But it's a beautiful place. The reasons I got my eyes open for you and your company first of all you seem to be a very positive human being i mean very positive and you always spread the positive words and have new solutions and talk about things that everyone thinks that this is the way it should be. And then you throw something in that, well, maybe we should do it this way. And everyone says, yeah, why not? (laughs) And I really (laughs) like that kind of spirit. But talking about this company, Pixel Papa, what kind of company is that?
1: I have been working in technology my whole life. I'm one of those kids that built my first website when I was 12 and then I studied Hyper Island when I got a little bit older and then started working at an ad agency before I went into full-blown IT companies working both in-house and as a consultant. A couple of years ago I felt that I wanted to do my own thing. I had this vision about the company I wanted to create. I had a very firm belief that you really could push the level of fun and wellness, both physical and mentally, as well as other work-related benefits, working from home, working whenever it suits you. I felt that all those areas could be improved to a level that you kind of became the frontier in the area and started forcing other companies to innovate how they were thinking about All the people-related questions, really. It's not about charging the highest fee per hour or turning over the highest revenue at the end of the year. But how do you build a company where the people can can feel and live and be 100% of themselves, like their best, most well-being, healthy version of themselves? If a person feels 100%, then i think that they will deliver 100 percent as work as well so we are focusing on building people up and, and helping them find ways in their work and private life as well so they can feel as good as possible i may say so we just reap the benefits because our employees do amazing work and, and a big part of that i think is because that they feel good You want them to be 100%
0: themselves, I guess. So they can feel comfortable at work. Okay, But what about if 100% is a mean old guy being very grumpy and he doesn't like work. That's the guy he is when he's 100%. How in the world do you find these people that you want to bloom at your office?
1: I don't believe that there is a person who genuinely wants to be grumpy. I think there's a reason why they are grumpy my only tactic or strategy if i face that sort of person is praise them with all the positive stuff open doors show them ways allow them to take these first steps on their own because if they are grumpy maybe they are caught in this negative mindset they might need a little extra help just to kind of get the courage really to take the step and do something unconventional like okay so it's 10 in the morning do you want to go to the gym do you want to go for a walk but we should be working until lunch no we are taking a walk the sun is shining the weather is beautiful let's go outside when you start to interfere with their mindset and just doing stuff that will hopefully make them feel good like being outside I think that that will, in the end, help them to make the transition into a more positive and more uh, well-feeling person, more healthy Mm -hmm. person as well.
0: What does your company do? Are they programmers?
1: We do have both programmers, both web and mobile programmers, as well as designers. So we provide both consultancy work, as well as we deliver products or teams for other companies' uh, digital products.
0: Can you tell me any jobs that your customers have received from you so we get an idea of what you
1: do? Yeah, of course, of course. Right now, I have an assignment at Spotify where i am hired as an accessibility specialist and they have this product called soundtrap that's a digital studio and that digital studio is then sold as a product to schools among other places so it's my job to make sure that all legal requirements that comes with selling a product to school are met because schools are very inclusive so I basically have to make it possible for a blind person using a screen reader to create a a song or a podcast and then release it to some sort of server or or up to Spotify. That's what I do right now. Apart from that, we actually built an app together with uh, a part of uh, of the Swiss church um, called Neighbourhood. That's a part of a social program with the use of gamification and the goodwill of the society helps criminal kids or teenagers to leave their current lives, getting back into society. We help them with this game and this program to make it through school. So they pass all their courses. We help them get into higher education. We help them get trainee positions. They can take like a a driving license or um, a forklift certificate or or do other sort of upskill tasks. So we help them, but they have to work for it. And the app is a tool for that. And it has been very successful. and it's really great to actually be able to help these criminal kids living in a society with drugs and weapons and violence, helping them becoming a part of the society, going from a negative life to having a very positive view on the future. First of all, they feel like they can actually achieve something and be part of everything that they have earned a place. And secondly, they are now contributing to society. So they are also paying taxes and are helping out building something together with everyone else. So that was a really cool project. But yeah, we have have a long list of projects. We have been working on some really cool projects. Uh, We can do a separate show on that.
0: (laughs) On all your projects. But both the project with Spotify, getting them to be so inclusive, so everyone can use it at school, just like you said, and getting these kids with criminal backgrounds to get back into society. They are very heartwarming projects. Do you actively search for these projects? Are you like this kind of person or did you just tell me those two? So my heart would soften (laughs) in this episode.
1: (laughs) We are actively looking for projects that are tied to the Agenda 2030 in some way. So we do want to target some of these areas.
0: Tell us what Agenda 2030 is.
1: Agenda 2030 is 30 individual goals that the UN have agreed upon. It's, It's both about financial goals to set a basic living standard for every human being so no one will live in poverty. It's about creating an eco-friendly and sustainable environments and societies. There are goals about inclusion in, in society to battle against racism and make, it, make society a place for everyone. So there are a lot of different goals that bigger parts of the world really is working on in some way to just keep improving and make the world a better place. We want to help out. We want to work on projects that have meaning.
0: So that is a set goal for you, to find these projects. I guess. Yes, mm. correct. So uh, my dear listener who listens to my pod, as you probably know, I have been speaking to a lot of different people. I've talked to doctors. I've talked to writers. I talked with Stefan Sauk and I talked to Doge Dogelito. What I don't do is to Google them up because I want it to be a very easy conversation, so I don't know anything more than the listener does. So we get everything from the beginning, so to speak. And I had no idea that Björn was so involved in these really good things like Agenda 2030. I mean, that's wow, that's really foundation for your company that is so good i'm impressed really so i'm even happier now that you said yes to this show your company has it newly started how many people work there are you expanding or is it hard to get work the pixel
1: papa story i quit my job january 2019 so february 2019 was the birth of pixel papa I was working with a client back then, um, a Swedish or an international brand called Husqvarna, but I was working from my kitchen. I, I pulled out my computer in the morning. And when my wife came home from work later that afternoon, I removed everything so that we could have dinner. So that's how I started. From there, I was able to grow a little bit in and. 20, I was able to go from just being myself to my partner Christian to the company. I started in May twenty twenty. So then we became two. Twenty twenty-one we became four, and now we are nine. So now that's
0: mathematics for you exponentially. One, two, four, <laughs> eight, so sixteen the next year or even more. <laughs> this was this was during the pandemic then. Uh, Yes. did the pandemic help you because people needed to work at home or did it make it more difficult
1: to be honest we were not affected by the pandemic in any way really I think we had like one client early on that put their project on hold for a bit uh, but that was for like a month then they came back and said "Yeah, we need to do this anyway I think that we have been benefiting A lot from this pandemic, if you are allowed to say that, Mm. because a lot of people left the bigger cities, moved out to the countryside. We are now able to hire good, highly trained, educated, experienced people that uh, before the pandemic did not live in the countryside at all. We benefited from that and we were working remotely even before that. So when the pandemic hit, we just went to work. It was a regular Tuesday for us. Speaking of Of work, of course, we were affected in a lot of other ways as everyone was.
0: What are your thoughts about the regular work that we have in Sweden? How work is done at the workplace and compared with what you do? Uh... I think that there
1: are a lot of companies that are basically competing in two areas. One is. Uh, companies that are offering their employees the most benefits problem with that is that most of these benefits are not things that people would actually care about we care about a few of those benefits the rest of them most of us never use the second one is that people are competing about whose company is making the most money i kind of hate both of those measurements or or goals the first area i want to challenge like Okay, so what actually matters to you? What sort of benefit we actually looking at? Okay, so if, if you can work like a four-day work week, that is probably valuable because you get more time with your family. If you can have extra vacation on top of the six weeks that we already have, the more stuff that you can control or if you can personalize your own beneficial package. If you are having small children, and you need to take care of them if they are sick. If we can provide paid sick leave or paid maternity leave, or just fill up the gap when you are home with your kids, maybe that's valuable for someone who has small children. And someone uh, that grumpy middle-aged uh, guy you were talking about, uh, maybe that person needs some other benefits. Um, maybe that. I, person, I was talking uh, about me, actually. <laughs> that person uh, would appreciate to be able to just. To just work some other hours. Maybe that person uh, wants to do something uh, like go shopping at the middle of the day on a Wednesday and then work in the evening, Mm. for example, or just sleep longer in the morning. So we are trying to find those individual benefits that really matters to people as long as it's possible. And then we want to challenge that and say, can we push this a little bit further? What would happen if we actually did this as well? Because at the bottom line, we are basically just saying okay so we are earning a little less money but we are investing in our employees instead at the end of the day that should actually give us more money at the end because we need to recruit less people will come to us people will feel great they will be loyal they will do a great job we are looking for ways to invest in our employees in ways that are kind of unorthodox I think. If you look at the second thing, making the highest profits, um, I mean, I, I do love like. So, I mean, the first scenario is okay. We have a great year, and uh, all of the owners are now able to buy a new Ferrari. I mean, it looks great. All the owners get a million and a half each, like, wow. So cool. But what would the company look like if you did not do that, but instead you just, you enabled the entire company to buy a new bike. Like you share all the money across everyone. Mm -hmm. When, what would that mean? How can we share amongst the entire company and not brag about how much money we make, but rather brag about how much we spend and share and really embracing, we are doing this together feeling. Mm.
0: Well, that's excellent. I mean, healthcare, I worked at a department where they had some research and they got a new professor and they get money of course. And some of that money is spent on going on conferences. And the first thing that this professor did was to bring one of the technicians because he said, you you have done so much for this clinic because you set up all the technical stuff when we do things at the laboratory and you really need to see what the other people do in, in the US. And he brought a resident that was really young in their job but he said that you need to see what's going on in the future so to say and this was unheard of at this uh, department because it had always been kind of a prize for the best doctor or a very senior doctor of course they should go to the conferences but the first thing he did was to you know split the money so to speak to the whole clinic and even the technician so to speak could go and that really raised the awareness for the whole clinic i was so impressed by that new kind of strategy and that is actually what you're talking about because we know that losing someone and recruiting a new one that is where the expensive stuff goes also having sick people and they get sick if they are stressed. And I guess that's how you're thinking
1: directly or indirectly. I'm not in the health business, but even I know that there's a lot of research that says if a person is doing good, if they feed well, they are less sick. Everyone knows that um, if you have a good diet, if you exercise, if your stress levels are are low and if you have a balanced life, um, spending time outside, enjoying the sun, all of those things. I think that's, at least in Sweden, everyone knows that's true.
0: Mm.
1: For some reason, we, we seem to forget about it and we stress for so many reasons that are not related to how we feel. We stress for someone else's feelings or someone else's business or someone else's sake, I want to remove the stress and just say it's okay.
0: If I were to apply for your work, but I am a young guy who really just want to work because I'm not married. I have no children. I want to work 60 hours a week because I want to take five years to learn a lot and earn a lot of money. Would you accept me as well? Or do you think that now that wouldn't fit into this group of people? Do you get the right mix of people in your company?
1: No, we don't accept people who want to work 60 hours. We do work 40 hours a week or less. Um, If you are passionate about what you are doing and you want to do stuff on your own time, because that's something you choose because that makes you happy, obviously that's fine because that would be like your hobby. I would encourage you to do other stuff as well, but it's not my place to say what you can and cannot do. I would, however, urge that you do work on other stuff than what you are doing at work mm-hmm. try other techniques uh, do a project of your own if you really want to do more work after work because i think that will help you both you need to disconnect your brain from what your actual job for a couple of hours so spend that time doing something that you genuinely love build your own passion project and mm-hmm. um, but don't take work home with you i mean it's not healthy to do that and if you do it once you will probably do it again so that would be my suggestion to one of those young kids if you are super driven yes of course go for it i mean i do love the passion but Mm -hmm. be smart about it
0: do you believe in uh, personality tests that you do when you hire people
1: No, we don't do any of those tests. Um, and the reasons for that is, is a lot of them. First of all, there's a lot of tests out there that has no scientific. Attachment whatsoever. That's one thing. Second reason is that when you are doing these personality tests, um, often it doesn't seem to tie on to anything related to your job. It's like, Hey, take this personality test so we can see who you are. Why is there a right way? No, no, no. We just want to see, okay, but I don't see how that's relevant unless the entire team takes the test so you can compare and you can talk as a group and get to know each other on that level. Well, maybe, but there are also a lot of people witnessing about how they feel stressed. How they get uh, anxious even panic when they are doing these tests and uh, a lot of people tend to answer what they believe that the employer are looking for so these tests are rarely 100 true so no we don't use them i talk to people and then i invite my colleagues to talk to the person who is applying and if we like the person then we will hire that person i mean hmm. There is no magic. Yes. (laughs) If we like each other, we will probably find a way to do good work together as well.
0: Mm -hmm. And uh, since you have this way of understanding the people that you work with, I guess that you almost feel like a a big family in the end because you're not so many right now at the workplace. Doesn't that mean that you get a lot of uh, problem solving that's not actually related to your business that they have some problem at home or economical I have no idea and they want to
1: discuss this with you I don't think that we had a lot of those discussions I mean obviously people have stuff going on in their lives and we talk about it as friends we had a situation where it got very personal where something was happening in a person's life that were so out of the ordinary and required that that person got involved with the police and other authorities. So just yes, that did affect the company, of course. But I don't say that it did affect the company in a bad way. It did affect us because we all cared about the situation and we wanted to help. That's a part of it. When you are a small company, you know each other, you care for each other. Sometimes you do handle these sort of situations. That's a part of it. And I would not want to avoid it. Or rather, I want to have a work climate where everyone feels that they can express and tell us what's happening in their lives on any level that they are comfortable with, so that we know and that we can adapt if we need to. We can help if they want us to, uh, or just be a silent support if that's what they need from us. I want to create that safe space and then it's up to everyone if they want to share. Um, But I think it's healthy to share among peers, um, at least on some level. Hmm.
0: And uh, since you started uh, doing this during the pandemic, I know that you wrote some stuff on the net about your reflections on what the pandemic did with the workplaces. And I often talk about my clinic having the solution with video contacts uh, where we actually had a, a fully operating system, but we didn't get reimbursed and uh, actually the guys who decided if it was allowed or not, not at the hospital, but at the higher level, they said that you, you shouldn't be using video conferences. It's not safe. The people don't know the technique and everything. We just had a room with a camera no one could use it and then The pandemic came and suddenly everyone had to use all these things and it had to happen at once. I saw some kind of question on a company where it said, how did you manage your fastest IT solution? Was it your... IT manager or was it the pandemic who did it? (laughs) I'm just going to read these things that you wrote and we'll see what what you can comment about that. And this is in Swedish, so please forgive my English translations. Maybe you can help me. The first one is uh, the jobs that you've heard absolutely couldn't be solved at distance are possible to solve distantly. What do you say about that?
1: I don't think we need to comment that much on that. Most, the bigger part of the world uh, had to uh, allow remote work for um, the bigger part of two years. That meant everyone, more or less, had to work from home. There was never really a question about if it could be done remotely or not. It was a question about leadership, not trusting people to do their jobs. It was a question about management not providing a work environment or a sustainable solution for people to work from anywhere but from their desk to be honest i started having these video meetings 20 years ago when we were chatting on msn messenger back in the days you had these different video chat portals the, uh, now and it you, sounds like Compuserve.
0: Uh, <laughs> you're almost back at that age yeah. sorry <laughs>
1: so we, and we had the, the, the early version of um Uh, I mean, I was a gamer when I was a kid, so we were using like this TeamSpeak or Ventrilo who were like online voice servers. We were using, then you had Skype, of course, early stages. It sucked. Skype then translated into what's now Microsoft Teams. So I guess it still sucks under a new name. (laughs) Um, Sucks, but on a different level. (laughs) I mean, my generation grew up with talking with each other over a webcam, of some sort. So this is nothing new. And a lot of people did that way before the pandemic. Um, and it, it worked great. And all our assignments today are 100% remote. And we're working with large companies across big parts of Sweden.
0: I heard a, a person who worked at a very big company who said that the CEO of that company ordered everyone to get back on I don't know a friday for the board meeting and this person who told me that said that that was probably because the ceo had been reduced to an avatar raising the hand on a digital meeting and couldn't take it because you you got just on the same level as everyone else you couldn't you know walk with a straight back and point at people and tell them what to do and that was quite interesting i haven't really thought about it that way but this person said that the older generation of ceos would always well not always but many would like to go back to the old stuff just to exert the power that they used to have which is a frightening thought i think but maybe that's true i don't know if you agree or if it just was a moment of despair
1: right now we are seeing that more and more companies are going back to working on site or these hybrid solutions. I actually have uh, applications from a lot of people that says that my company requests I'm four days a week back at the office or even five days. So uh, the companies who are forcing people back to the office will eventually find themselves in deep trouble. If your self-esteem and your ego gets hurt by seeing yourself as an avatar, Maybe forcing people back to work isn't the solution. Maybe you should get some sort of coaching. You, you need to build yourself up a little bit because mm. your value is not measured in, in, in an avatar. Your value is measured in a lot of ways, but what? not in your avatar. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's true. The second thing was that you said that many people um, with disabilities could have worked from home all along. But the companies they worked for just didn't want that. Now, that's a really hard one, actually.
1: It doesn't make it any less true, though. I mean, right now, uh, working as an accessibility specialist as well, I work with a lot of people. I don't like to say that they are disabled. They are differentially able. because they mm. I, can didn't, do all I didn't the know things. the English word, so
0: <laughs> sorry. No. sorry for everyone out there. I don't know what uh, Funktionsvariationer is in English, but yeah, go ahead.
1: I work with blind people. I have a colleague right now who doesn't have arms or legs. I work with people who have all sorts of of different abilities and have different needs and different ways of solving problems that you and I take for granted. Just having some sort of injury or illness, of course, that makes it harder for you to move. All these people have always been forced from their homes to a physical workspace where they then can sit at their computer as long as they have internet at home would we'll probably have been able to do their work from home where they would feel comfortable mm. they could have all the tools that they needed to do their job effectively yeah. instead we just forced them to get on a bus and, and navigate busy streets with everyone else um, and, and for what
0: So we learned something from the pandemic then and the digital distance work. Definitely. Mm. Uh, The next point that I saw that you wrote sounds very easy to understand, but I think you need to explain it uh, (laughs) because you said Internet is a tool. Use it.
1: Yeah, Internet is a tool. Everything we do today, we are connected. Um, A lot of us are connected and even if you are not connected in the sense that you are using a computer. Maybe you are working in, in a factory, creating something, or you drive. You are driving a truck or or, or a forklift, or, or you at the, the register uh, at the, a grocery store or whatever. Everything is in one way or another connected. So, the more this technology evolves the work that we know it will change. For us working in IT and tech, the transition is very small. Everything from heavy lifting, almost 100% removed today. Everything is digital today. You can access the data for almost everything where you are at any given time. If you need to talk to someone, you can either ping them on your computer or you can call them. It's possible for us to reach everyone that we need to reach at any given time and find the information that we need at any given time. All of that is thanks to internet. And we are connected everywhere, more or less.
0: Mm, So we just need to use it wisely, I guess.
1: Yeah. And if you have something like, okay, so this is a manual work. Is it possible to do it digitally in any way? Or can I make it more effective by Mm. doing it digital? Maybe not all of it, maybe part of it. Mm. keep challenging everything we do and see if we can find a more effective way of doing it. The next point you said was
0: generally our Western society is not suited for
1: dealing with bigger problems. This is a luxurious problem. For the past 50 years or something, we haven't really experienced hardship in a way that have challenged us as a race. Or as a people as a whole. Yes, you can talk about how the interests were higher uh, in the 70s and 80s, but that's, that's small stuff. We haven't been challenged. We haven't seen war or stuff like other parts of the world has. We are not starving. There are no floods. We live in a pretty controlled environment. We are safe. We have clothes on our body. We have food in our bellies. We have a roof over our heads. Most of us have work and have had for so many years. The People that are somewhere around 30, 35 now have never experienced living without money um, or even need to save money in the same way as our older generations did. So I think in that sense, the pandemic was a good thing because we actually started thinking about how do we work as a team on a larger scale? How do we support strangers. How do we help strangers? And how can strangers help me? How can we, I mean, if everyone does a little part, we can achieve so much. So I think it's a big learn for everyone. If we're
0: talking Western society, we are really talking about Sweden because we haven't had a war in 200 years and we have really been uh, insulated against other things that we actually see in Europe right now. It's a new morning for us as well. The last thing I think everyone understood is that you said that Pixel Papa's approach to put the person first and offer 100% remote work is working really well and i mean that must be that is very interesting to hear because you took a risk because that was your whole business idea to be able to work remotely but you succeeded and you will continue even when the pandemic is over right
1: yeah you do see more and more people or companies that are doing it spotify for example have this work from where you are uh, mentality it works great i mean especially when it comes to the turnover of people. Fewer people are quitting their jobs. They stay because they are now able to work from where they are. And and Dropbox is doing it as well. And we are seeing more and more big companies doing this. I'm not saying that all companies are or should. Obviously, some companies need you to be there in person. But in the areas where it's possible, we will definitely see a growing trend of remote work, even after the pandemic.
0: Do you think that we could do more in healthcare? care?
1: I think you must. Um, I mean, uh, some dialogues that I had with people within healthcare care is that we will reach a point quite soon where we need to do a larger part of the caretaking or the caregiving uh, at home. We need to find a for a lot of things. One issue that we have been asked to look at at some point is connection to your caregiver the example we were given where like we have this sick often older person who needs to report what they eat and what they weigh and if they exercise on a daily basis and they just lie about it Mm -hmm. we need them to eat to keep their weight they don't eat because they don't feel well but they say that they eat anyway because they think that's what we want to hear. And when, then they lie about their weight as well. Part of that is obviously because they feel like it doesn't matter. They don't see reason for it. So we need to find a way to enable care inside your home and make it feel safe and good for you. And you are able to connect with your nurse or your doctor in a good way that suits you. We also need to look at medical distribution. You are not allowed to provide a lot of medication and we need to kind of find ways to not have nurses traveling to every person's home. There are a lot of stuff. It could be anything from the digital medication box that opens and checks that you take your medication on a given time interval. Mm. Uh, like a time clock it's connected with a webcam on your tv and uh, a smart watch that measures your heart rate uh, not to mention that a lot of people also are not quite comfortable at hospitals mm. um, They can be a scary place to be um, even if you are there for a good reason mm.
0: i feel that hospitals are like the old tv that you came and sat and saw the show at a certain time and when it was over, you turned off the TV and went away. And now the kids are like, you mean that you had a specific time where you had to watch a certain show, you can't just stream it or watch on your phone whenever you want to. So the TV controlled you and sometimes it feels like here is the hospital. You need to go here because that's where all of us are. And apart from the acute things that happen, we really need to go there by ambulance. There should be a lot of things that could be done at home or anywhere else. I don't know. Go to a service station and check your blood pressure. I, mean, I don't know. But you are, of course, right. So it will be very interesting to see what has happened in 20 years from now in healthcare. We're always a little bit slow there. One of my last questions here, talking about technology, we talk a lot about artificial intelligence, AI, that if you make robots smarter and smarter, soon enough, they will be so smart that they understand that the human being is not needed, and then they will take over. That's (laughs) inevitable. Do you think that there is a threat anywhere in technology that we are slowly heading towards something that we can't stop that is bad? Or do you think that this is all for good? Have you had any thoughts like that? I'm just throwing in this for the listener to be excited
1: about? I don't think there are any threats about someone making a robot smarter than all of us, uh, taking all our jobs and even starting to control the world. I don't see that happening either. I think that's like a sci-fi movie, Armageddon kind of thing. We will basically see the same thing happening as we have done with all large technology advancements that we had throughout the history starting when we went from hunters to farmers and then we learned to use the first machines we went from the industrial revolution and stuff we're just watching another revolution Mm. stuff will go digital some work will not be needed anymore but then we will need other competences instead Mm. so we're just making a transition into a new era that's all
0: Björn, it has been such a pleasure to talk to you. I will follow Pixel Papa from backstage and see what happens with your company. It's so exciting to see that you have a completely different way of, of seeing upon your co-workers and how you should work. I wish you all the best. Do you think there's anything that we have missed to say? Anything that you really wanted to say or that could be misinterpreted? Or do you think
1: that we got it all? During these few minutes, <laughs> maybe that's something uh, we can answer when we hear the final production. Uh, isn't that always the case when you record something and you think it sounds really good, and then you hear yourself and then you go, "Oh my god, what did I say? Uh, I sound like a complete idiot." Mm. If you have, if you have any questions regarding anything I just said reach out to me so I can defend myself. We
0: haven't actually talked one second about pain, but that's just the way it is. Some of my episodes is not about pain, but for anyone out there having pain or not having pain, interesting episodes are always good for the brain to focus upon. And this time we have heard from Björn Rutholm, who is a CEO of Pixel Papa in Sweden. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs>